Have you ever wanted to know how to document and delegate what you do so your company can grow beyond you? Well, you're in luck. Today, we have Chris Ronzio, the founder and CEO of Trainual. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. And welcome to The Friday Habit. Ben, welcome. You're here, as always. Hello, Mark. It's so good, good to, to see, you. see you. Hey, I'm excited to talk to our guest today because you and I have been talking about uh, systems, processes, and org charts, and all these other kind of things. And we have a guy who uh, is into those things. Uh, and so his name is Chris Ronzio. If you haven't heard of Trainual, well, you'll know about it by the end of this. But he is the founder and CEO of Trainual. Uh, it's a leading SaaS platform that transforms the way small businesses onboard, train, and scale their teams. Chris is the host of the fastest growing companies and Organize Chaos. Those are two podcasts that he hosts, uh, as well as the author of the best-selling book, The Business Playbook. So welcome, Chris, to the Friday Habit. Thanks, Mark. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I must sound like the biggest nerd that you thought, let's talk org charts. <laughs> Who's that guy? That makes me happy, though. I, I am a big nerd. So, uh, yeah, that, that sounds really fun to me. Awesome. Well, then let's do it. <laughs> well, hey, I got a quick uh, question for you. Um, if you won an unlimited service of any kind for an entire year, what service would most benefit your day-to-day -day living? Ooh, uh, my first thought was a, a masseuse <laughs> of, of some kind. Oh, I just got this massage chair though, and I finally caved and got one of those massage chairs on Amazon, but they wouldn't take it upstairs to where I wanted it. And so it's in the uh. middle of my living room downstairs. <laughs> it's the centerpiece of the room when you walk in. <laughs> Are you married? I am. Yes. <laughs> Your wife's like, get that damn machine chair out of my living room yeah and then my my four-year-old climbs in and he's got like bruises on his back <laughs> you know? it's just punching him yeah oh man those are really good yeah i would agree with that i was the first thing i thought too was like a foot massage yeah like a year foot massage service every day that sounds nice mm -hmm. we have a a meditation room here at our okay. office. So it's kind of a relaxation room with like mm -hmm. the, the water sounds and the Himalayan salt rock and, and yeah. all that. And so I think relaxing is an important part of, uh, of recharging for business. So totally a hundred percent having that like place where you can kind of go and it's not often that you're just quiet you know, it's like you're listening to podcasts, you're watching shows, you're reading emails, you're like you're on the phone, you're texting, whatever it is. And like being present and quiet, sometimes uh, it can be hard to do, which, you know, in the morning, it's like I try to spend a little time meditating. And it's just so funny how just trying to be quiet for like 15 minutes, my brain starts thinking about other stuff. I'm like, no. 15 minutes, that's it. Yeah. Just sit here and be quiet. <laughs> it seems like the, the longest hour of the day is your 15 minutes of silence. Exactly. When I meditate, I mean, that's where all my good ideas come from, though. I, I don't try to quiet my mind as much. I just let the ideas flow in, and then mm. I stop meditating, and I write down, like, 25 things that I just mm -hmm. thought of. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. yeah. There's a book called The Road Less Stupid um, by Keith Cunningham. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. Oh, it's really good. But yeah, he has a whole thing in there about kind of like thinking time. Oh, man, that is that is such a thoughtful book. It really, well, not to, that's a pun, I guess, but it was actually a very like level-headed book. He talks about how you just don't take every guru's answers for everything, but really be thoughtful about how does it apply to you. And mm. he goes through some really good, even questions to ask yourself for thinking time and like a routine for thinking time. That, that's been a life-changing book for me, for sure. Awesome. I'll put it on my list. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there you go. Look at that value produced right here. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Chris... Tell us a little bit for our audience, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from sure, and how you got to where you are right now. <laughs> so how far back do you want me to go? Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up between uh, Massachusetts, Illinois, and North Carolina. So I was born in Massachusetts, okay. Western Massachusetts, moved to Chicago area when I was two years old and spent like the first few years of my childhood there. Uh, my dad was in the corporate world, so a business guy, but always on the road, never around. And so to me, a, a, as a kid, I knew I wanted to be in business because my dad had like a cool briefcase and a tie. <laughs> and I thought like, I, I want to be like that. <laughs> but but I didn't want to work on the road and be gone all the time. And, you know, he wasn't at a lot of my games and that sort of thing. So when I was six or seven years old, he and a friend decided to start up a little food brokerage in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we moved there for a three-year stint, which was a pretty cool experience. You know, change of environment, didn't know anyone, and I got to see him open this little 10-person office. Um, so spent a few years there, and then we started our round trip back. So we went back to Chicago, where he got recruited back. Then we went back to Massachusetts, where I spent the rest of my, uh, you know, okay. high school and, and college. So that, that. So then, are you a Patriots fan? I am. Were I you am. Were you bummed when Brady left? And then were you like a fan of? The Buccaneers? You know, I, f I feel like I was more of a Tom Brady fan okay. because, you know, you, s you saw him emerge kind of behind Bledsoe. It was like this Cinderella story. Yeah. And they follow him. But the cha the Patriots changed so much over the years that their team towards the end of Brady was different than the team the beginning of Brady. Right. So when he went to the Bucks, it was just kind of cool to see him reunite with with uh, Gronkowski and, yeah. and follow that story. Yeah, I hated uh, – you know, it's like someone who's too successful, you kind of hate them. Because like oh like the like <laughs> the only person I can think about who I I never uh, had ill will towards was like Michael Jordan. It's like yeah, he kept winning, <laughs> but there was just something so awesome about it. Yeah. Brady was almost like ah Brady, like he won again. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Seinfeld with like Newman and Frazier. Yeah. It's like Brady. <laughs> it's like, but then it was when he left uh, when he left New England and then went to the Bucks and then won the Super Bowl. I was like. All right, like he's the goat. Like you can't, you can't dispute that. Like yeah. you can't say, oh, it's the coach and the team, and you know he's. It's like no, dude, he went somewhere else and then right. won a Super Bowl. It's like, yeah. all right, you win, dude. You're the goat. The morning of that last Super Bowl with the Bucks, I was looking up signed Tom Brady jerseys because I figure like, all right, if he wins today, these are just going to go up in yes. value. And so I bought one that morning. He won the Super Bowl. The next day, they were already like up 20%. So Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, so you make it back to Mass and yep. uh, you, you graduate high school. And did you kind of have an entrepreneurial uh, spirit within you at a young age where you're like, all right, I'm going to start mowing lawns or in Ben's cases, making flyers and business cards for people? 
Totally. I had so many little kid businesses. I think I had 16 business cards before high school. It was like I would (laughs) open up, you know, Microsoft Paint or whatever it was (laughs) at the time. And and uh, and I I would get the little race car clip art and type like Chris's car wash and then print them all out. And so it's Ben's nodding. It sounds like that's that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So so I had all those businesses when I was. Uh, four was my first little car wash business because my uncle, he emptied out his pocket. He had $4 bills and he's like, I'll give you the, this money if you wash my car. And at the time, that was how much it cost to buy a Ninja Turtle action figure, which was my currency in the world. And so I started washing cars like all my neighbors would bring their car to our driveway. And and then the businesses got a little more sophisticated. I would do like cleaning people's yard furniture at the end of winter, like to get their deck ready for the spring. I did the landscaping business, mulching. I did uh, like selling wrapping paper and selling candy bars, the lemonade stands. Uh, so really all the, all the legal businesses that kids can do, I, I did. <laughs> and then, uh, and then it got more into tech. So when I was, I think I was 12 or 13, um, I got one of the, the early, early CD burners and I, I started asking my friends on the bus to like, let me borrow all their CDs and I would make copies of their CDs and then I would bring all the copies back on the bus and I'd sell them and it was 50, 50% to the person who provided the master copy and 50% to me. And so the first affiliate program and, uh, And then, so when I was uh, 14, 15, that's when I started my first real business like that I paid taxes on. It was a video production company. We did youth sporting events and it started just at my school doing like the, the, you know, soccer games and, and football games, things like that. And then we started picking up tournaments all over Massachusetts, all over New England, up and down the East Coast. And I ended up running that business for 12 years. So that was where I I learned a ton about business. Wow, so you started at 14 or 15, so you were still doing that at 26 or so, 27? Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so that so much of my of what I do today came from that business because you know, train you all about systems, processes, and SOPs and training. We in that business would find contracts, sports organizations that had tournaments all over the US. And our job was to staff crews of camera operators and sales reps and production managers at all those events, take orders online, and then ship the videos around the world. And so we had to have a really consistent product. And so I didn't know it at the time, but we were remote training and onboarding people around the country that we'd find on Craigslist. And then we were developing processes on on how to make that business work. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So at what point did you say, all right, I got to figure out a different way to like make money or level up or get out of the sports video production business? So for me, we we were growing a lot. I mean, we I, I finished college in 2008. Uh, we we grew like 300 percent through 08, 09, you know, like the, that, that whole recession. And what I learned was that memories are pretty recession proof, you know, like when your child competes in like the state championship, you're going to find the $20 to buy the video, even if things are not, not so great. And so, 
So we kept bringing on events, we kept growing. And to me, the challenge was how do I totally optimize our process to where parents can, you know, fill out a form on an iPad and and buy a video on a website and see a 30 second preview and download the kids video. And, and that's what got me going was the the challenge of, of innovating our process. And the last couple of years, it felt like we weren't innovating as much. We were just adding on more and more events. And I was getting a little you know, looking for something else to do. So at this time I had joined an entrepreneurship group, like a mastermind type thing. And I was more interested in helping my friends with their businesses than really like doing mine. So what I, what I did was I promoted our director of operations to be president of the company. I took myself off payroll and I stepped out of the business for the next year and started just consulting, dabbling with other businesses and then ended up selling my video company and creating a full-time kind of little boutique consulting. So that was, that was my next stop. That's awesome. So it sounds like it was like, okay, this is not exactly challenging me in the way I want anymore. You kind of like, I got some of this figured out. It's pretty streamlined. It's scaling. That's great. But you're like, all right, I want to try a new challenge. And you're kind of more interested in like taking the things you learned and sharing it with other people you know. Yeah, I felt like my experience was really narrow. All I had ever really done was this video production business. And I'd learned so much about business. But when I started hearing like what the retail store and the medical office and the graphic design company and the, you know, all these businesses are dealing with, it was like firing the sparks in my brains, Uh you know, like, oh, I want to solve that problem. So I just, I knew I was, I was getting burnt out with going to all these events and traveling and, and I was ready for something else. How did it feel like when you switched that consulting? Did you feel, because, uh, you know, I do a lot of consulting with people with similar businesses too. I don't call it that. I just kind of like hang out with them and give them advice when we work on stuff together. Yeah. I was worried like, okay, if I go into consulting, am I, am I qualified to help these other businesses? Did you struggle <laughs> with that at all? Or were you like, no, I got this? Or like, how was that like, transition of like consulting with other types of companies? Yeah, so it didn't start as consulting. It kind of started as me volunteering to just okay. go in and, and help people and and then I would I would spend a day with someone's company and and it was like my friends were saying, I feel like I have to pay you for this. Like you're you're doing so much around here. Like what is your rate? And I, I'm just like, I don't know. Uh but yeah, I mean, million dollars. Yeah, totally. There was there was definitely that fear of uh like the imposter syndrome kind of thing. Like, do I even know what I'm doing? And and you know, you, you think a lot of people say they're a consultant and that means they're unemployed. So I was like, how, right. how do, like, how, how do I actually make this a business? How do I work with real companies? And so rather than just doing ad hoc kind of little projects and hourly things, I focused on doing retainer projects where people would pay me so much a month for like a six month deal or a 12 month deal. And I would really get deep in their business. And so to me, I was just cobbling together a bunch of different industries and companies and making more than I had previously made in my video business. It was a great like bridge way to bridge the gap. Now, when you were doing that, were you, would you kind of take one thing on at a time and then just really focus on that and then find the next thing, take that on? Or were you spinning multiple plates at a time when you're doing the consulting? At the beginning, it was a lot of just random project management, trying to figure out like what, what do they need done? And I would roll my sleeves up and help do it. Uh, it was kind of like I was a... a, a you know, fractional manager or COO or something where the the owner of the business had whatever they were working on. And then they had this backlog of stuff that they wish they could get done, but they didn't have anyone that could oversee it and, and see it to the finish line. Right. And so I would come in and get the extra stuff done. 
Um, so after doing that for a year, a year and a half or so, I started to look at what is the consistent thing I'm doing for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing a lot about productizing services at that point. And so I, I came up with a package for all the new clients that I would work with. And I called it the organize, it was the organized chaos package. That was the name of my business. So that's where the podcast name came from. <laughs> cool. Uh, and so I had two packages. I had a one-day package and a three-day package where I would work with companies to uh, get myself oriented to their business. So I was like onboarding myself as quickly as possible to know everything I needed to know. And that involved their org chart, their roles and responsibilities. It was like a huge intake process to understand the business model, all the people. And then I would go through and do these interviews with all their people to understand what are what's broken, like what what needs work around here. What are the suggestions people are making? What are the ideas that that people have? And I would collect all that and look for the common denominators, the stuff that like five people are saying, why aren't we doing this? And then the last piece was prioritizing that and deciding what are we going to work on. So my, my project, my, these intake projects were exactly the same every time. There was a formula to it so I could churn through them. I could hire people to help me with them. And then it created a menu of stuff that we could sell the retainer packages for. And that was the whole model for my consulting mm-hmm. business. Man, that sounds like so much fun to be able to just like dive into a business and do that. Like, so I, my company does website design. Uh, it's called Knapsack, and we do. We have like we're very productized when it comes to that kind of stuff. We have like one day, two day, three day packages where we'll do like live design with people, and we've got strategy session built in ahead of time. There's a whole like system to it. But one thing I really love about it is in those initial discovery meetings is wrapping your mind around a new business in like 30 minutes. Like how do you digest that super quickly? That just sounds like so much fun getting to go in there and actually help the business even more though than just like building a website for them, getting in there and be like, what are the real problems and how do we like solve those? That sounds really rewarding. Yeah, it, it was so fun. And so in in the entirety of my five years of the consulting business, I worked with 150 different companies in like dozens and dozens of industries. I got exposure to so many cool ideas that like, oh, here's what they're doing in, in a plumbing company that could apply to this restaurant or here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and it was just such great exposure. And, and uh, but it also was, again, foundational to, to Trainual because so much of onboarding myself to their companies was understanding like what do you need to know to get up and running and that's what you would need to teach anyone to get up and running in their business all right we're going to pause this conversation here uh go to the fridayhabit.com there you can find show notes for this episode uh there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, Go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at the Friday Habit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>